And we wrap up the week here on Listen Up. I hope that uh, everybody is doing well. We got some uh, preseason football going on right now. The NBA schedule came out yesterday. Ryan and I kind of broke down the Kings schedule over on YouTube last night. And, you know, again, you, you always look at stretches of a schedule and go, gee, this is hard. Uh, but it can change, just like it did for the Kings after the All-Star break last year when a lot of the teams had injuries and then they went to load management. And so it's not always the way it appears. Things can change. Uh, but certainly, it's always interesting to look uh, at the NBA schedule. All right. Again, if you want to talk NFL football, you want to talk about the uh, NBA schedule, uh, whatever thing else is going on. I mean, because really, we're going to we're about. We're about three weeks away from having, you know, nonstop uh, wall-to-wall sports coverage with the start of the uh, NFL season. You'll be able to join me here on Listen App over on YouTube. We'll be able to break down all the games, and uh, at least that is a good thing. All right? Right now, you're still you – know, preseason football is hard to, you know, really get into. You know, I think evaluating a quarterback position is near impossible – going against vanilla defenses, twos and threes. And I, I think that there were probably, in in all aspects of sport, there's probably more overreaction by fans over the NFL preseason than at any other time with any other sport, especially at the quarterback position, okay? I mean, a quarterback should look good in NFL preseason, right? They're going against basic schemes, in many instances, they're not going against starters. And I think a lot of fans, and, and really to a degree media sometimes, really over-evaluate the quarterback position in preseason football. You should look good, all right? You should look good in the NFL preseason. But uh, again, we keep on talking about this. What's a good preseason? A good preseason is one in which you don't have any significant injuries. That's it. That's how I judge an NFL preseason. And yeah, I like to have my rookies at least look like they can play a little bit. Other than that, to me, it doesn't mean anything. All right, who's going to be my leadoff guy or gal for the show? We'll get it rolling here as uh, we uh, say goodbye to the week, and we're getting that much closer to the nitty-gritty of sports. And before you know it, we'll be going wall to wall with the NFL and the NBA. And uh, we'll, we'll talk a little hockey too, for the people like Connor out there who think his Edmonton Oilers are going to bounce back this year after losing to Vegas in round two of the Stanley cup playoffs. So we can talk that as well. Uh, we're not that far away. We're not that far away. I am really looking forward to uh, sharing a day with the Stanley cup uh, with my good buddy, George McPhee that I'll be doing here before the start of the hockey season. So I'm really pumped up for that. I just, you know, the ritual in hockey is uh, every player, executive, and coach gets one day with the Stanley Cup. And it's one of the real great rituals in sport. And so I'm going to have that opportunity uh, to share with George uh, and the Stanley Cup, and I can't wait for that. It's going to be pretty freaking neat. That is just going to be neat. All right. Again, who wants to talk? What do you want to talk about? You want to go NBA? You want to go NFL? Anything else going on? You know, I talked about this on a rant earlier this week. 
I, I'm so tired of James Harden. I really am. What a malcontent this guy is. You know, James Harden, you know, calling Daryl Morey a liar and that that situation is beyond repair is disgraceful. You know, you, you, you're the one that opted in $35 million and now you don't want to go play because they were unable to trade you. You know where they were unable to trade you? Because nobody wants you. That's why. You want to know why you're stuck in Philadelphia? Because your value is not what it used to be. That's why. Okay? And there are very, very few teams and few general managers in the NBA that want you. All right? That is the realization of where you're at. Okay? You're not the player that you used to be. And the player that you used to be was very good, but not good enough when the playoffs began. So now you want to call Daryl Morey a liar. And, hey, I wasn't privy to what he told you. All right? I wasn't privy to what Daryl Morey and James Harden talked about. But if James Harden thinks that there are teams out there that are going to pay him what he thinks he's worth, okay, he's delusional. He's absolutely delusional. Because there's not a general manager in the league that I think looks at James Harden and goes, oh, yeah, he's worth a long-term deal. Really? Based on what? Based on what? It's unbelievable to me. So now you want to call Daryl Morey a liar and say you're not playing for Philly. You know what? Good. Don't play for Philly. Okay? Give up $35 million. That's what I want to see James Harden do. I want to see training camp start. I want to see no Harden, and then I want to see him actually forfeit $35 million. Yeah, I can't wait to see that. That's good. And I hope Philadelphia does that. I really do. I hope that, that they're going to go, hey, you know what? We got you. You're under contract. You play for us or you don't play. We were unable to move you. Nobody wants you. There you have it. And then we'll see if that is a guy that's going to, you know, take his blinders off and go play and earn his money. And by the way, get booed off the court by the fans in Philly, which will be a beautiful thing as well, because that's exactly what he deserves. He deserves to get his ass booed off the floor. Unbelievable. I mean, how, how many years have I been saying this about Harden? How many years have I been saying this about James Harden? And here we are in 2023, and it's the same old story. Same old story. You know, a lot of times athletes are the last ones, the last ones to admit that their value is not what it used to be. Okay? They're the last ones to see it. Plain and simple. And when you look at the East, I mean, to me, Boston and Milwaukee are still the top two teams. Yeah, I'm aware of what Miami did last year. But I mean, I'm. Right now, I can't pick Miami ahead of Milwaukee or Boston. I can't. Now, I know they're well-coached, and I know that they had a, an storybook run in the playoffs. But you have to remember, they got in via the play-in tournament, okay? And they got hot. And they went on a roll. And good for them. But I can't put them ahead right now of Boston or Milwaukee. And in the West... I think the West is totally up for grabs right now. Yeah, I think Denver's the favorite. But after that, 
Phoenix, Golden State, the Lakers to me are all the same. They're all talented with a with a lot of good players, but up there in age with a history of injuries. All right, let's get the show rolling with Eli. Eli, thank you so much. Eli, how are you today? Oh, I lost you, Eli. Let's see if we can get you back. There we go. Hi, Eli. How are you? Hey, Grant. Good. How are you? Good. Thank you. Hey, I agree. The West is. Um, I, I agree. The West is pretty open um, in the NBA. Uh, do you think? How do you think the Kings? Uh, how do you view the Kings the, the, in the following season compared to the previous one? Do you think that they're looking a little bit better right now? Do you think it's realistic they could make it to the second round of the playoffs potentially, or at least do better than they did last year? Or do you think uh, they still need to add some more pieces to to get there? Well, well, a couple of things now. If you're playing the Kings now, you understand that it's not an automatic W. All right. So the Kings have, you know, erased that mantra that they're a bad team. So that mm-hmm. that's gotten you erased that. That's number one. Number two, the Kings roster is deeper than it was last year just by uh, signing Sasha and Duarte in the trade. So you add two players, and I'm not even going to count Nerlens Noel because I don't think the guy's any good. But if you want to mm-hmm. count him, go ahead and count him. So you already had a team that was third in the West. And you added pieces to make the roster deeper. All right now, those are all positives. Now, here's the thing that I think works against them a little bit. And it's the unknown because I don't have a crystal ball. The Kings were extremely fortunate with no injuries last year that affected players to miss a lot of games. Okay, they, they had very few games, very few player games missed for injury. Okay. Is that going to continue this year? That's number one. Number two, look at all the other teams that were in the West that had significant injury issues last year, which benefited the Kings to a certain degree. Is that going to continue? So there are positives with adding depth to your team. And then there's the other part, which is the unknown. And that is, are they going to be as lucky this year regarding injuries. And I, I don't know the answer to that. So mm-hmm. if I just had to look at the West as a, as a whole, I think it's very well balanced. Other than Denver, who's really better than Sacramento right now? People would say, well, Phoenix is. Well, based on what? What's, how, why is Phoenix? Why am I putting Phoenix ahead of Sacramento? They have an aging Kevin Durant. They got an injury real aging Bradley Beal. Devin Booker's good, yes. Who's their point guard? Who's playing point guard for them? You know, all right, what about the Lakers? Well, you know, last time I looked, Anthony Davis gets hurt, you know, about every week. You have LeBron, who has had injury issues, who's a year older. Yeah, they have some other good players. All right, I look at Golden State. Steph Curry, a year older. Clay Thompson, a year older. I mean, I'm looking at the injuries on that team, right? So why would I just automatically assume that those teams are going to be better than Sacramento? Based on what? Minnesota to me question marks because I look at their roster and I'm like, okay, wow, that looks good. Well, it looked good last year and it didn't gel. It didn't come together. You know, what about Utah? Mm, You know, Utah is a formidable team. They're not a pushover, but they're not better than Sacramento in my opinion. Right. I mean, what about, what, what about the, what about the Dallas Mavericks? Well, why would I think that all of a sudden Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic are going to work when they didn't work last year, Houston, a little bit better, San Antonio, not, I think Oklahoma City is a playoff team this year. I think they're going to be significantly better and a team that could give the Kings fits. 
But, you know, other than that, really, Clippers, same thing as the Warriors, the Suns, and the Lakers. Okay, yeah. well, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard look good on paper, but do they? How many games do they miss? Right. Yeah. So why would I? Why would I think Sacramento's not as good as anybody in the West, other than maybe Denver? Yeah, and we're not even talking about Memphis. We're not really that afraid of them, even though they finished ahead of the Kings. But and, and I'm glad you mentioned Memphis. I'm yeah. glad you mentioned Memphis because I think they could be pretty good with Marcus Smart and with John Morant coming back after 25 games. I think they could be a pretty good team. But again, it's the unknown because of all the things they, they got a different look right now, but I think adding Marcus smart is going to make them a, a very good team. They have some very nice pieces and then you get Morant back after 25 games. They could be pretty, they could be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Assuming Morant. And, 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 and we haven't mentioned New Orleans who two years ago was ascending. And then it's the same thing last year with injuries and Zion Williamson and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, they're, they're, why, why, why can't I say to Kings other than Denver, or as good as anyone in the West, because I think they might be. Yeah, I think the thing that makes me the most optimistic that you kind of touched on is that all these other teams are kind of aging. You know, LeBron yep. and Curry, they're kind of past their prime, whereas if you keep a healthy Sabonis and Fox right in the prime of their careers and add more pieces to that, they really have the best kind of long-term outlook other than Denver, like you said, because all those other stars are yep. going to be retired in a few years. So, And Keegan Murray is going to be better this year than he was last year, and he was good last year as a rookie. So... I mean, I got to believe that he's going to improve and be better. So that makes the Kings better. I, I, I like the roster a lot. I think the roster looks very good. But again, I can't predict injuries any more than you can. Yeah, no, I think that um, as long as we just go keep improving and get in the right direction, make it past the first round, I think that'll, uh, that'll be good news. Yep. So we'll hope. Yep. Cool. Yep. All right. Thanks, Grant. Have a good weekend. Hey, you too, Eli. You take care. Bye-bye. All right. Let's get to uh, Connor. Hello, Connor. Welcome to the show. Connor, what's up, buddy? Hello, Connor. Why can't I not hear Connor? Connor, I'm going to put you back in the audience and uh, we'll do it again because you and I never have any issues normally getting you on. Brian, what's going on today? Hey, Grant. Good hey, talking Brian. to you. How are you doing? You too. I'm good, buddy. Oh, good. Hey, good. Uh, fun to talk a little basketball. You just... Echoed what I was also going to add was, uh, in addition to the depth the Kings added, I'm expecting Keegan Murray to take a nice jump this year from a rookie to his second season. And uh, if he does, that's just going to make the Kings that much better as well. Absolutely. And I, I don't know why we would think that he's not going to get better. I, I can't see any way he's not a better player this year. And the question is, where are they going to use him? I, Jerry Reynolds came on our YouTube show and said he thinks Keegan Murray should be the starting small forward this year. I agree. I agree. I mean, I see Harrison Barnes being a uh, a second-team role player now, which is a good thing to have. And and Keegan taking that next step, I agree with that uh, uh, sentiment by Jerry. What do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you, you have to put your players at the position where they can perform their best. And it appears that could be small forward. For Keegan Murray, then the question is, who do you put alongside Sabonis? Who's that yeah. guy that's going to start on the front line with Murray and with Sabonis? Who's the guy? Yeah, yeah. You know, we have the depth. Go figure it out. Uh, you know, we, you know, having having a deep team is a great problem to have. And I'm, just, you know, after last year and the experience, they'll figure out what 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 the right piece is starting. Who comes off the bench? Uh, and 
to your point, we, we were very, very lucky with the injuries and a prolonged injury to Fox is the biggest worry uh, that yep. I have, even, even over Sabonis for the, the, for the regular season. I agree. Uh, you know, and if we can avoid that, I think with how deep the West is on paper, you just got to get in, you know, and try yep. to avoid the playoff games and just get into the dance. And you saw what Miami did last year. You can get hot and go on a run. Yeah. And then we don't know about, you know, Sasha Vizankov. You know, what, what type of role is he going to have? Can he be uh, a player that makes the transition from Europe to the NBA, make, make the transition look fairly easy and right, be a right. contributor? You know, we don't know that. We assume the answer to that question is yes, but we don't really know. And we won't know until the season begins. Yeah, exactly. And hey, Grant, what's your opinion on this I, uh, in-season tournament that's happening in the NBA? Uh, I'm not a, I'm not a fan a, of it. I mean, I'm, I haven't done a deep dive in reading about it and like what it's all about. Is it just an excuse to, you know, try to create some buzz more or less? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. They, uh, the NBA gets destroyed uh, by the National Football League during that time of year. And it is exactly what it's trying to get more eyes to watch the NBA during a period of time where fans are completely wrapped up uh, in the NFL. So, but yes, what, that's exactly what it is. But, like, my question is, okay, you win the in-season tournament. What does that get you? Just a pat on the back? Or is it, like, you know, a poor man's version of the NBA championship? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what do you really get out of that? It, well, if you're, if, you're, if you're a player and you win, you get $500,000. But other than that, which is a lot of money, what I mean other than that, but, I mean, yeah, it doesn't yeah. mean anything. I mean, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I mean, 500000 to them is, you know. Well, you know. to some players, five hundred thousand yeah. would not make a significant difference. But you know, if you're if you're the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth, five hundred thousand dollars is yeah. going to be a significant bump for you. No, I get that, but it's just like when, as a fan, I don't care about that. It's like, what is no the fans? Well, that you're one hundred. You're exactly right. That fans don't care. Who the hell cares? You you make a great point. That makes no difference to the fans. And you know, the reality is the the first four games of this really are no different. They're just regular season games. Yeah, yeah. And then you get the final four teams to Vegas. Why as a fan does that interest me? That doesn't really interest me because there's no meaning in it. Big deal. I mean, let's say, let's say Sacramento gets to Vegas and they win the semifinal and make it to the finals. Now that's an extra game that doesn't count for anything other than this in-season right. tournament. And again, right. I talked about this the other day. What if, what if in that game, a player on either team comes down with a significant injury in a game that has no meaning in the standings or to the fans? Right. Then what's yeah, the exactly. narrative going to be? Now, yeah, what are exactly. the chances of that? Well, the, chan the chances of that are not great. But if it happens, that's going to be a real black eye for the tournament. At that point, do you think there's going to be uh, an implied intensity in these games from a player's coach's standpoint, almost like a precursor to the playoff, you know, atmosphere from 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 the intensity standpoint that can ramp up in the playoffs, or or do you not see that a factor with the teams? I think for this year, when you get to the final two teams, the coaches are going to play the games to win because there's no way they can walk into the locker room 
Yeah. And try to take $500,000 away from everyone. So yeah. they're, they're not going to do that. But yeah. I, I mean, do I think the players will try to win? Yes, I do. Because I think, again, 500000 yeah. is significant. But again, if there is an injury, that could change the way people think in the future. Yes, it could. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, I'm with you. My first glance when I heard about this, if there's no real incentives, like, what is this? This is just kind of uh, an excuse to draw people in. But it's like, in, inherently, it's not doing much for me. It's like, it's just nothing. It's just something on paper. And, it, I, you know, I get it. They're trying to compete with football. But, you know, that's prime football here's, season. And here's what I think. always going to be precedent. Yeah. That's right. Here, here's what I think. If the team that you root for, in this case, I assume the Kings, yeah, are yeah. not in – the games in Vegas, okay, particularly the final game, why would you as a fan watch it? Who the hell cares? It's like, let's yeah. say it's, uh, let's say it's, uh, you know, Phoenix and Miami, or let's say it's Minnesota and Milwaukee. Who cares? Yeah. I'm not yeah. watching that. Why, why the hell would I watch that? I don't care. Well, yeah, exactly. And, and case in point, after the Kings were eliminated last year, I tuned in for a little bit. But once it got to the finals in June, I, w- I was – frankly checked out. I mean, I, I kind of quietly observed, but it's not like I plan my day around watching the NBA finals. If I yep. wasn't doing that for the finals with my, my team, I'm surely not going to do it for the end season, you know, tournament. Yep. Thanks buddy. Good hearing from yep. you. Have a good weekend. Yeah. Talk to you later. All right. Take care. All right. Let's move along and uh, let's see if we can reconnect with uh, Connor right here on listen. I pay hey, Connor. Hey Grant. How's it going? Okay, buddy. What's up? Yeah, so I heard Brian mention Keegan Murray and the potential jump that he could have in year two. And I was going to ask, like, what is a realistic expectation of the jump for Murray? Like, are we expecting him? Could he possibly be a 20 points per game scorer? Could he be a borderline all-star? Like, what should fans be expecting out of him? Well, that's a fabulous question. I don't know if 20 points per game is realistic when you're playing with two other players, such as De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis. Um, could he be on the cusp of an all-star? He could, but I, I still think that's maybe a year or two away. I just think you're going to look at a guy that plays a significant role on the team that on some nights will be your leading scorer. Okay. I mean, there will be games when he leads the team in scoring. I, th- I think that's – and but there are other aspects of the game as well. I'd like to see him rebound better this year. You know, I think that needs to be, you know, a better part of his game, which I think it will be. But he'll, he'll just be – I think by the time we get to the All-Star break, we'll be talking about Keegan Murray as a true core piece of this team that – you feel like, wow, okay, we've got a guy that for the next 10 years, barring injury, you know is going to be right there as one of those guys. That's that's how I think we'll – I think that's how he'll be evaluated. Yeah, and then some of the other players, I think most people, you know what you're going to get out of DeMontis Sabonis. Obviously, fans are going to expect him to play better than he did in the playoffs, which I think he will. but. The other star of the team, do you think that De'Aaron Fox has like another jump in him like he did last year? Or do you think that no. what we saw in the playoffs is is basically as high as it can get? 
I don't think he could play better than he played in the playoffs before he got injured. Do you? I mean, how could that happen? I mean, he was, I think, really almost as good as Steph Curry. You know, I mean, that's that's an incredible level. Do I think he can play better than I saw him in the postseason? No, I don't. And then last thing, I know we're kind of wrapping up the dog days of summer. So I had a little thing that in, I saw in the news was the NBA Hall of Fame class for next year. People are kind of just starting to bring up names and who could possibly get in. But and what do you think out of some of these names? I don't really see a whole lot of guys that should get in, but they're talking about Jamal Crawford, Joakim Noah, Kyle Korver, Chauncey Billups. And then I think the only surefire guy is Vince Carter. Well, I think Chauncey Billups is a Hall of Famer. I think Vince Carter is clearly going to be in a Hall of Fame. The other guys, no. Do I think that Kyle Korver is a Hall of Famer? No, I don't. Uh, I mean, Noah? I mean, who who would you say? Joakim Noah. You, yeah, I mean, Noah's not a Hall of Famer. Why would I? What did he do to get into the Hall of Fame? Joakim Noah, Hall of Famer? No. Uh, I don't think so. Jamal Crawford? I mean... You know, Jamal was a prolific scorer, six-man-of-the-year type of a guy. Great guy, by the way. Jamal Crawford's a great guy, but is he a Hall of Famer? I, I don't – To in my in my mind, he's not a Hall of Famer. He had great career longevity-wise, you know, scored 50 or more points with three different teams. But, you know, again, he was an offensive player. Is he a Hall of Famer? In my opinion, he's not. Was he? Is he in your opinion? No, I don't think he is. And some of the other names, it seems like a pretty weak year because – they're talking about a guy like Tyson Chandler. Like, really? He's in the no. debate for a Hall of no. Fame? Or Sean no. Marion? No. No way. Sean Marion? No. No way. I mean, I, Sean Marion was a good player, but Hall of Famer? No. Tyson Chandler? No. Uh, I mean, I, I I don't see it. You know, I, I don't see it. Yeah, the one other guy other than Vince Carter and Billups, I think, might have a shot is Amari Stoudemire. What do you think about him? No, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Nope. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's pretty much Vince Carter. I mean, he's an eight-time All-Star, and the other guys don't really have more than two or three. Obviously, Billups was a good player and part of that championship team, so he'll probably get in. You also have to understand this is not only on your NBA career. It's your basketball career. It's not the NBA Hall of Fame. It's the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. That's why, like, Blotty was a Hall of Famer because of everything else he did around the world with basketball and how instrumental he was in his former uh, country Yugoslavia, and then after that, you know, th that also counts to the Basketball Hall of Fame. So for a guy like Joakim Noah, you know, I'd have to go back and look at his international career and and do a little more studying on that. So, you know, again, you have to remember, it's not just your NBA days, it's your entire basketball career. Yeah, now that you mentioned that, I think that's probably why Noah's in the conversation, because I'm pretty sure he went back-to-back -back college championships in Florida. Yeah, and that, that does mean something. That counts. You can't just discount that. So that's why I'm saying, you know, you have to look at, you know, all of that. You have to look at all of that. Yeah, it's an interesting topic. That's all I got today. Thanks. All right. Thank you, buddy. Bye-bye. I've never really, you know, again, because we are talking about an entire person's career, you you have to look at not only the NBA days, but as – we just heard from Connor, you know, again, your guy did win, you know, a pair of national championships and then being, you know, on the international stage as well. I mean, that that's, 
you can't just discount that. So you have to look at all of that. All right, if you want to get in on the program today, raise your hand uh, and we will do it. NFL uh, preseason football going on tonight and tomorrow. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm watching a Giants-Carolina game and I'm just going, gee, I hope nobody gets hurt. Although the ones are out of the game, but they do have some, you know, significant pieces, you know, on the field as backups. And I'm just, man, I really hope they don't get hurt. You know, that, that's what I'm looking at. That is exactly what I'm looking at. You know, and then you look at the Raiders. Can Aiden O'Connell, you know, have another really good game like he did last week against San Francisco? So, you know, I look at that. Is Trey Lance going to start looking better? Is he going to even be on the 49ers? You know, there, there are other questions going in through camp. Jerry, what's going on today, buddy? How are you? Mr. Napier, happy Friday, sir. How are you? I'm good. Yourself? I'm good, Grant. Thank you. Hey, Grant, I want to ask you a question You know about this James Harden thing. Grant, when did players start dictating when, you know, who they're going to play for, who they're not going to play for? Is there anything that the NBA can do, like when they have their – uh, when they have their meetings, they can change something like that. When you sign a contract, you honor that contract. Whatever happened to that? Yeah, that's gone by the wayside, hasn't it? It's a bad look for the NBA. It's a real bad look. It really is. It's a real bad look for the league. Just like with what's going on in Portland, you know, with Damon Stoudemire. Now, Stoudemire hasn't come out and said, I'm not playing for Portland. But it's a bad look when you're, like, demanding that you only want to go to this team. Like, you know, I only want to go play for Miami and – Harden said, you know, I only want to play for the Clippers. Really? Well, too bad. You know, don't, you know, you sign a contract, you know, you don't, you don't get a chance to make the decision. We get a chance to make the decision because you have a contract with my company. Grant, do you think, you know, since Adam Silver is the commissioner, he could change that if if he wants to? No. What's he going to, how's he going to change it? Well, when they have to uh, like go in there for the uh, for the collective bargaining, I mean, you know, uh, you know, these things pop up, these things come up. I mean, I mean, something needs to be done because you know what, you know, Grant, I understand, Grant, that uh, that uh, players make a bunch of tons of money, all right, and then us as fans that watch these guys, you know what, we are sick and tired, Grant. But you know what, us being the dummies, we still watch, you know, we still watch these guys. Do you think things will change, Grant, if people stop going to the games? Yeah, but that's not happening. And, and they just signed a new collective bargaining agreement. So that that's not even an issue. The ratings have been down, you know, and again, the ratings in the NBA finals were significantly down and people aren't watching the NBA the way they used to. But no, it's not. I mean, the reality is it's very difficult to suppress what a player says publicly as it relates to them being happy or unhappy. You know, there's really nothing you can do as a commissioner. You can hope that a player ha- uses better judgment and understands that, you know, they turn off a significant number of people from watching their product. But other than that, what's what, what can a commissioner really do? Grant, do you think that um, these players that are doing this stuff, do you think fans are getting turned away from it, Grant? Which, you know what, I mean, Adam Silver yes. said the NBA is doing great. So, I mean, uh, uh, where's the guy live at, Mars? Well, the NBA is doing great because he's looking at the revenue of his league and, you know, the salary cap keeps going up and the salaries keep going up. And he's confident that in the new set of TV negotiations that it's going to do very well. So, I mean, you know, he he's a he's he's a businessman. He's looking at the bottom line and the bottom line, his league's making a ton of money. 
Great All right, and now they're they they just added the the tournament in Vegas that he thinks also is another way to increase revenue for his teams, which will be interesting to see whether that is true or not. But the 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 issue is money talks, and the NBA is a money league, and until that changes, the commissioner can say whatever he wants. Grant, let me ask you this. Uh, so uh, has China and the NBA, have they fixed their issues that they were having before or are things still bad? I don't understand your question. What do you mean fix the issues? Uh, oh, hi, Grant, I forgot, I forgot what it was, Grant, but there was something that uh, the China was not going to show the NBA games. Uh, That's all done. That's all done. They do. They, they have shown the games. That was just for one year. Okay, I see. And Grant, let me ask you this. Uh, uh, rest in peace, uh, David Stern. Uh, granted, the NBA is making money, but do you think David Stern would try to fix things if he was still commissioner? Well, when you say fix things, you have to give me a specific thing in terms of fixing. I mean, I, I don't I don't know how to answer that question. I, I think some oh. things would be different. Um, I do. But again, I go back to the bottom line. Owners own because they want to make a ton of money. And the league as a whole, financially, is doing very well. And the commissioner is extremely confident that in the next set of TV deals, it will continue to do well. I, we, that remains to be seen. I, I don't know the answer to that. Grant, but, do, Grant, do, you, th uh, do you think if, uh, if Commissioner Stern was still here, Grant, you know, we all know that he was a no-nonsense Commissioner of Basketball, uh, do you think ownership and players feel that they can get over on Adam Silver, which they could not do with David Stern? Mm, not necessarily. Not necessarily. I think it's just different. I, I, I think here, here's the difference. Your commissioner of the NBA is extremely woke, okay, and extremely liberal. David Stern was the furthest thing from woke that you had, okay? Right. That's not the case. You have an extremely woke commissioner in the NBA who is very player friendly, who is let's not make any waves. Um, that that's the that's more of the stance of Adam Silver. But again, I go back to this is a business and the NBA right now continues to be a very profitable business. And as long as that continues, he's going to put up with a lot of things that maybe he doesn't want to put up. I guarantee you that Adam Silver sits in his office and is infuriated with the things that you as a fan are infuriated with, but knows that he doesn't really have the wherewithal because he doesn't want to upset the apple cart, so to speak, to do what he probably would want to do. I mean, Adam Silver has become a puppet. He has become a puppet for the NBA. But it's a puppet that's making a lot of money, and people are okay with having a puppet as a commissioner as long as everybody's got their hand in the coffer, and they do. Uh, wow. Oh, geez, Grant. Uh, Grant well, you sure. know what? You Let me yes. ask you this. Yes, you sir. watch the games, right? Yes. Okay. So you have a lot of issues with what's going on, but you still watch the games. So the NBA, as far as you're concerned, is a customer, and you are investing your time and to a degree, your money into the product. So you're not happy with certain things that are going on, but you're still a customer. 
You know, it's not like you've stopped buying Bud Light or you don't shop at Target anymore. I'm just giving <laughs> examples of companies. Well, I'm just saying okay. you're, you're 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 not doing that. So the NBA, as far as you're concerned to them, they don't even care whether you're happy or not because you're still a customer. All right. They, they don't care. They don't care that you don't like the fact that the players are asking to be traded. They don't give a damn. You know why? Because you're still, you know, spending money and watching their product. They don't care. Why would they care? Why would they care about fans like you who are upset but still haven't changed your viewing habits or your spending habits as it pertains to the game? They don't care. You're a customer. And Grant, would you say this because Grant, I mean, I mean, I don't go to many Kings games like I used to go because, you know, they're really, really expensive. But would you say that, hey, that, you know what, we pay you guys for going out there and they do this, Grant? I watch sports because I want to get away from things for the two and a half to three hours that sports is on. I don't want to hear this guy's not happy. This guy's making $40, $50 million a year. Plays because, you know, he doesn't want to play for this team. You know what? Shut up and just play the freaking game well jerry jerry but but jerry you're you're saying one thing and you're doing another okay you're it's not upsetting you to a, a point where you're not watching the games anymore right. so you can't have it both ways okay there are things in life that i don't like either but i still do i i think the nfl messaging on their helmets is embarrassing i think their messaging on the field is embarrassing i think it's horrible it i i hate it but right. i still watch the games Okay, I'm watching a game. I'm watching. I have a game on in front of me right now as right. I'm talking to you. Okay, right. I I still watch the product. Okay, and until I stop watching the product, the NFL doesn't give a damn about me because I'm a customer and I'm buying, you know, the NFL ticket and I'm spending money which the NFL is making on. And you know, I'll inv- I, I'll still go to a game or two or right. so. I mean, you know, you 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 can be vocal. And you can say, well, gee, I don't like this. But until you say, no, I'm done with the product, they don't care. You're still a customer. Right. And, Grant, I guess what I'm trying to say, Grant, is this, Grant. You know, as much as I complain, Grant, you know, I still love watching the NBA. I still wa- I still love watching the NFL. You know what? I'm going to be a fan no matter what. But it's just frustrating. And I'm just I'm, I'm just being vocal, uh, just trying to uh, just trying to make myself feel a little bit better uh, and 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 saying things to you because I know that you know you know what you're talking about and I'm I'm, I'm just trying to relieve a little stress that's all I'm doing well that's fine that's fine you can you but but in terms of the the business model you're not changing anything with the business model that is a billion dollar corporation all right until you become a bud light customer and I'm using that as an example right. as as customers making a significant difference in a brand. Now, if that ever got to a point where the NBA followed suit of what customers have done in terms of Anheuser-Busch, then yes, it would make a significant impact and it would change the way the league does business and everything. But until that type of thing happens, which I don't think will, nothing's going to change, Jerry. Do you understand the difference? Yes, Grant. I, yeah, Grant. Uh, you know, thank you for explaining that. Um, Grant, I got one more thing for you, Grant. Uh, Trey Lance, uh, that performance he had against the Raiders, Grant. Oh my God, that was so, uh, that was uh, very hard to watch, Grant. And I'm just like, you know what? I I know what the Niners gave up to get him. And I'm, I'm just like, oh my God. I mean, what the hell? Would, you're never gonna uh, get. You're never. You're not. You're never gonna get back what you gave up to get him. That's gone. Okay. This will turn out as one of the worst decisions in the history of the NFL draft. That's uh, that's just being real. 
This is going to be one of the worst decisions in the history of the NFL draft because mm-hmm. Trey Lance is not going to be on the field this year for the 49ers unless several guys in front of him get hurt. Right. Okay? Right. Grant, is it true that um, um, he was playing against the second string or the third string team for the Raiders? I mean, because uh, he looked lost out there bad. I mean, I mean, it was just really, really bad. Grant, I don't know if you watch that, but it was just really bad just to watch. I'm like, wow. I, I, I didn't watch it live. I saw all the highlights. I saw a film of people breaking down his inability right. to read defenses, his inability to see the defense pre-snap and make reads off of that. I, I see it all. You know, I mean, the guy right now is not a starting quarterback in the National Football League. But I would also say this. He's only in his third year. It's not like we're talking about a guy that's in his seventh or eighth. And he doesn't have a lot of playing time because he's been hurt. Right. And so I'm not ready to close the book on him. But as of right now, August of 2023, Mm -hmm. he's not a guy that any 49er fan would feel comfortable with if he was on the field playing quarterback. Well, Grant, let me ask you this thing, Grant. You know what? Uh, is it because he's playing in Kyle Shannon's offense, or would he do better playing on somebody else's offense, a different team? No, it's no, it's because he's not very good. All okay. right, it's not it, the 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 guy that was at North Dakota State, which is basically minor league football compared to the SEC, the Big Ten. I can go on the Big Twelve. Okay, you took a quarterback from a small college, which, by the way, that doesn't mean you can't play, but Again, you don't have the same sample size as Bryce Young at Alabama, okay? Um, but there are quarterbacks that have played at big-time schools like Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold who were taking one and two in the draft who now all of a sudden are on their third and fourth teams. You know, that that, that doesn't automatically mean you're going to be good in the NFL. But when you take a quarterback from a small program like North Dakota State, even though they were successful, but you look at their competition, mm-hmm. in my opinion, it's more difficult to evaluate the quarterback position. And here's the other issue that I don't like. You take a quarterback who is a, a multifaceted guy who makes a lot of plays with his legs. Well, guess what happens when you make plays with your legs in the NFL? They get you hurt. have a tendency to get hurt. Well, mm-hmm. what's happened to what's happened to him? He's mm-hmm. gotten hurt. So, you know, I just don't I don't see it there. I don't see it. When I watch him. He does not pass my eyeball test in any way, shape, or form. You know, Grant, as a 49er fan, Grant, this is my biggest fear, okay? Um, uh, If the Niners do end up uh, getting rid of him, uh, he goes to a different team, and he finally finally, finally turns on, boom, and he's another Patrick Mahomes. He's never, ever going to be a Patrick Mahomes, all right? And so let's not get carried away. (laughs) If if the Niners are winning (laughs) – you, you if the Niners are winning, you won't care what Trey Lance is doing. It will be you won't care. Okay, you won't care. Okay. Well, Grant, thank you for taking my call. Grant, you have a wonderful weekend. Okay, my friend. Thank you, man. Bye bye. Take care. All right, let's move along and uh, get to uh, some other folks, and we say hello to Waggus. Waggus, how are you today? I'm good. How you doing, Grant? Good, buddy. Yep. So I haven't had a chance to talk to you about this, but this whole James Harden situation. Obviously, that was very wrong. I mean, obviously, you don't put it out in public like that. Um, but I, I want to try to focus on Daryl Murray, and because it's not, it won't be the first time his mouth has gotten him in trouble. But if he made such a commitment like that to him, shouldn't he be investigated and fined heavily? No, no. Uh, 
general managers make comments to players like that all the time saying, hey, you know what, if you, uh, you know, pick up your option, we'll, we'll trade you. Well, that's fine and dandy. That could be your intention, but nobody wants them. How can you trade a player that nobody wants? Right, but I heard that, you know, basically Harden was promised a max deal if he would have opted. There's no way he was promised a max deal. I don't believe that at all. You think Daryl Morey would promise James Harden a max deal? You can't really believe that, can you? I mean, mean, there's nobody nobody in their right mind that would offer James Harden a max deal. I just can't believe that. I'm sorry. I don't believe that Daryl Morey offered James Harden a max deal. There's just... It doesn't, it doesn't add up. It doesn't make any sense. Okay, but let's just say if he said it in a room with him, because he, he obviously is very close to him over the years, right? And he said, okay, I'll take care of you. I'll give you a max. Isn't that some sort of a violation? I, I don't know. I don't know whether it's a violation or not. I, I don't know what the collective bargaining agreement states as a general manager telling a player this or that. I've always felt that an oral agreement in sports doesn't mean anything. That's why they have pen to paper and contracts no i i agree and obviously it was wrong for him to you know i don't know what james Harden wants to do he's, he's still going to make 30 whatever 30 million dollars this year 35 35 he obviously if he can just show up in one or two of these games i mean he could really lead his team closer and, and what i mean, think what do you mean oh, whoa, whoa 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 wait a minute you're talking about a guy who's in his 30s Right. That could lead his team. What makes you think he could lead his team? He's never been able to do it before when the games count. Now all of a sudden you think he's going to lead his team? That 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 you, come on now, Waggish, you're no, better no, than no, that. No, 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 no. What? What I said was, if he shows up in in particular games in the playoffs, then I I do think he can lead his team. I mean, there were that's right my there, point. Right? That's my yeah. point. But, but okay. why would I think that that's going to happen when it's never happened his entire career? Now all of a sudden in his mid thirties. You know he's gonna yeah, right. he's gonna all of a sudden play well in the playoffs every game. Come on, that's not gonna happen. You and you and I both know that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I was really fooled, right? He he goes out game one, pretty much destroys uh, uh, Boston, right? Game four, he was the reason yep. they won. He had forty four, and then he just goes away like like uh, you're looking at a completely different player, and I've never seen anything like it. So well, why does that's his entire career? So uh, what do you yeah, think a guy all of a sudden is just gonna change at age thirty three or whatever the hell he is? 34, I don't even know. I mean, what, what is, is he all of a sudden that's now going to be in the past and he's going to be the player that he was in game one in games two, three, four, five, six? Or what? No, it's not because it's never been that for him in his career. So why do you think it's going to happen now? It's not going to happen. Not only no, that, I mean, he's not as good. He's not as good as he used to be, Waggus. He's not yeah. as good. All I'm saying is, you know, he's already made the money. He should really be focused on his legacy. And I feel like his legacy should be more towards winning a ring. Because if he does win a ring, that kind of cements your legacy a little bit. And that doesn't uh, mean that I, I don't. Even, be- I don't. I, I don't agree. I don't. I don't. I don't agree with that at all. But whatever. Well, if he wins well, I'm a just ring, saying like, yeah. If, if, I mean, he would have to win a ring and be a, a significant part right. of the reason why they win a ring. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So all right. So moving on to. Uh, the whole situation, the, the the three draft picks that we gave up, or the Niners gave up. So, yep. let me ask you this: If the Niners were not good, because obviously the Niners are still good, like Shanahan is going to get let let off the hook here because the Niners are still good. But if that happened anywhere else, where a coach pretty much because it was oh Shanahan gave up three first round picks to draft somebody like that, isn't that like well? He didn't give up the first three. He didn't give up the three picks. John Lynch is the general manager. He gave up the three picks. And there's still a large uh, difference of opinion 
on who truly made the move. So, and, and here's the other issue. Right. If Kyle Shanahan were to get fired tomorrow, he'd have a head coaching job in the next week. Okay. I, yeah, I mean, let me ask you this. If they don't give up those three picks, right, um, and they draft somebody like a defensive position or whatever, do you think we have a Super Bowl? In the Niners have yes. one Super Bowl? Okay. All right, so yes. cost us a Super Bowl, right? So um, I think so. Yeah. The origin I was saying is Shanahan made that decision because he's obviously the offensive guy, right? And How do you know he, Shanahan made that decision? You don't know that. You don't know that. You don't know that Kyle Shanahan made the decision to draft Trey Lance. He may have had, well, he obviously had input, but, you know, the general manager at the end of the day is the guy that makes the decision. Are you going to say uh, that if, if, if John Lynch, then why is John Lynch the general manager if Kyle Shanahan's making the decisions on who to draft? Are you there, buddy? All right, we lost Waggus. Waggus, good hearing from you, my man. I appreciate it. It's an interesting conversation. And let's say Kyle Shanahan did make the decision. Let's just put it out there. Okay, since then, the 49ers have been in what? One, two straight NFC Championship games, correct? Two NFC Championship games without a quarterback that they drafted very high and gave up a ton for. And last year is kind of an asterisk from fans' perspective because they had three quarterbacks get hurt. So people aren't even blaming Shanahan or anybody else for the loss in Philadelphia because they didn't have a quarterback, right? And what happened in the year before in the NFC Championship game against the Rams. You had a 49ers defender literally drop a ball that was in his breadbasket, which probably would have sealed the game, and the Niners probably would have gone to the Super Bowl. I say probably because I don't have a crystal ball. Right? Not Kyle Shanahan's fault. So let, let's hold our horses a little bit, because if the Niners were – to win the NFC this year, which they very easily could, and go to the Super Bowl, you're going to fire a coach that's been to two straight NFC championship games or a third in a Super Bowl? I don't think so. All right, let's get to some more phone calls. Ryan in Sacktown, how are you, buddy? Doing well. How you doing, Nate? I'm good. Excellent. It's got to be Super Bowl or but. For the Niners, and I got to take the counterpoint there. They have, they they've given up the most. They missed on Lance, right? They got lucky with Purdy. Uh, that is ninety. Yeah, they did get lucky with him. No question, they got very lucky that, with him. Yes, very lucky with that. And they have the best roster from top to bottom. So you've got to think Lynch and Shanahan. If they don't win a Super Bowl, that seat's going to be hot like McDermott in this next year because they get a pass for last year, like you said, but. I'm kind of with Waggis here to a degree. Yeah, but what happens if what happens if they get to the NFC Championship game again this year and Brock Purdy goes down in the second quarter with an injury and then what? I mean, is it, you who who do you blame for that? I mean, at some point injuries do factor in to whether you have a significant chance. I mean, if if Jalen Hurts were to get hurt 
in the first playoff game, the Eagles probably aren't going to the Super Bowl. Sure. I, if we're talking about the quarterback position and something happens this year, like it happened last year in the playoffs, that's on the Niners. You, you have to be more prepared than they were. Granted, two quarterbacks going down is a little bit unheard of in a playoff game. But, you know, you can't take the injuries out, Grant. But this roster, I, I just don't see how the level of error is much less for this roster in this front office than any other team that walks into a situation where, okay, quarterback goes down in the playoffs, they lose, they get another year. I mean, these guys well, are playing. I just think winning, winning a Super Bowl is really, really hard. And I think when you look at what Kyle, and listen, I'm not saying Kyle Shanahan's perfect, but the reality is they, they were in a Super Bowl that they lost at Miami to Kansas city. Right. They yep. have been in a, uh, and then, so Kyle Shanahan's coached three NFC championship games and it's been the one Super Bowl. Yeah. They don't have a trophy, but you're saying it's like, if you don't win a Super Bowl, then it's been, they, then you got to blow everything up. Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm saying that if it happens to where they get back and they don't win, yeah, I mean, I think you've got to kind of look at it, Grant. I mean, Kyle, obviously, in Atlanta was a big part of the collapse against the Patriots. And, again, we've seen numerous franchises throughout history and coaches where they are right on the edge, right on the edge, and just can't get over. And in some cases, they didn't have great players. The 49ers have great players. You look at them from top to bottom, wide receiver, you look at running back, they have one of the top three players in each of those categories on offense. So I just feel like that level of air is much smaller for them. Listen, if you have good, if you have good players, you can, you, there are a lot of coaches that can win with good players. So if you're saying, okay, if the Niners don't win this year, go get a new head coach. I'm fine with that. I don't have a problem with that. I mean, the reality is they have a good roster and there are probably, you know, several coaches that could win with that roster, just like Kyle Shanahan's been doing. So I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Not, I don't okay. have a problem with that at all. I mean, Andy Reid left Philadelphia. They didn't get over the hump. They didn't win a Super Bowl. Sure. They were right there on the cusp. And what happened? Andy Reid got done. He was done. And then he went to Kansas City. And now look at him now. And, you know, in the, and then in his absence, Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl in Philly. Hey, I'm, I'm okay with that. All I'm saying is, you know, getting to the big show and winning is, I mean, I'll give you an example. Kansas City's been the best team in the NFL the last five years. Well, they lost the Super Bowl what, two years ago mm -hmm. or three years ago it was because both their offensive tackles were hurt and Tampa went in there and dominated the game with their pass rush because they had no one to block Patrick Mahomes. You didn't blame that on Andy Reid, even though your quarterback was upright and was healthy. You know, they lost that game because they didn't have guys that could block the Tampa Bay front. They didn't lose that game for any other reason. So, I mean, there's sometimes you got to look at why a team wins or loses. Yeah, and that, that's totally fair, and I agree with that. I, I just think, you know, say Purdy goes down, and we're playing hypotheticals that we can't predict. Yep. Purdy yep. goes down, okay? Lance is off the roster and traded, are, and the Niners, you know, have a bad year. you got to turn your eyes at the front office at that point, too, with John Lynch in the trade. I, yep, I, I, I don't mean, disagree. You've set, you've set the franchise back three, four, five years, even though you still have a pretty decent roster to show for it. Yeah, if, under that scenario, fair enough. Absolutely. But I still yeah. think right now the 49ers, as we start the season, again, only knowing what rosters look like, I think there are right now only two teams 
that I see contending in the NFC. And one is Philadelphia and the other is San Francisco. I, I personally feel the rest of the talent level is a notch below those two. I, I would agree. I would agree with that. I mean, you you know you're going to throw in a wild card, whether it be your Giants or my Seahawks, you know, or, yep. the, Jets, or yep. uh, the Jets or AFC, excuse me. There's always going to be that extra team. Um, yeah, whether there's it be always Detroit. that extra team. Right, exactly. But, um, you know, it, it's an interesting conversation because it's, for me, looking at San Francisco and especially looking at the quarterback position, you know, they've been able to plug and play so many people, which in theory speaks well to Shanahan's system but at the same time it's like why can't this team get over the hump maybe it's just a set of bad circumstances and bad luck like we saw in philadelphia but i feel like they need a year to just show that it's not or else you know that that feeling in the back of your mind it just feels like something yeah but uh, the the uh the the point that waggis was making and maybe i misunderstood him he is under the opinion that Kyle Shanahan is the reason why the Niners drafted Trey Lance. And we don't know, we don't really know the oh, real yeah. story behind that. You know, and I, I don't know if that's true or not. You would, you would never know. Just like you and Waggis were that's talking correct. about behind the door contract talks or, you know, little yep. promises. If, if that's considered tampering, then everybody tampers in the yep. Cause that's just yep. business. Um, but yeah, I think it was piggybacking on Jerry's call too, as well, just about Lance and turning in Mahomes, which, you know, likely not happening, but it, it just didn't hold with that 49ers situation. I, I just think it's one you really got to keep our eye on and maybe it's the media and everybody like us putting the bar too high, but for some reasons, they just seem like the bridesmaid and never the bride. All right. So, uh, the, the real key question is, have there been any goals scored at the soccer game you're at right now? Oh, I'm actually off soccer right now. I'm at a play oh, date. Oh, yeah. okay. Yes. I'm sorry. I thought I heard like a game going on in the background. My bad. Okay, my yeah, bad. Yeah, those are the kids running through the water. Trust me, it would not be a fun Friday if Coach Ryan is out there. Uh, I don't like to be coaching on a hot Friday. So. <laughs> you take care, buddy. All right, my friend. That's beautiful. Oh, my gosh. All right, let's uh, get back to Waggus. Waggus, you, I lost you before. Hopefully, I got you now. Uh, let's see if we can reconnect with Waggus. Let me put him right there. We go. How are you, buddy? Yeah, good, good. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, so, so Grant, that's okay. Yeah, the only, the only thing I'm saying is this I would really hope that we're never going to know what happened right in the room. You're right. But I really hope that Kyle Shanahan has a say so because he is this offensive guru on who he, who his quarterback's going to be. That's all I'm saying. And, and, and I guess, you know, for years, you know, we struggle, right? I guess as a Niner fan, I'm kind of frustrated because I feel like this roster should have given us at least one, maybe if not two Super Bowls by now. So that's all that is. I, okay, yeah. fair enough. And I could see that. I mean, they've been good enough. And, you know, last year, I can't really blame on anybody. I just can't. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're not going to win on, you're not going to, but the year before, you had a defensive back drop an interception that probably would have sealed the game. And maybe the Niners win the Super Bowl last year. We don't know, but yeah. That they, they, the game that they had uh, against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, I think the game changed when the defense scored a touchdown that was called back, and they did this stupid celebration in the end yep, zone. Yep, and yep. from that, and and from that point forward, it was all Kansas City. And the number one ranked defense in the NFL could not get off the field in the fourth quarter. Could not come up with a big third down stop at any point during the fourth quarter. So, to me, my opinion, you know, and yes, Garoppolo missed. They missed George a Kittle. Throw. Yeah. All right. He missed a couple of throws to Kittle. I think that's fair. 
But your yeah. number one defense in the league, okay, after their stupid celebration in the end zone, couldn't get off the field. You know, you can't you can't yeah. discount that. They could not get off the field. Yeah, no, and 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 um, I think uh, and, and I love Garoppolo, but Garoppolo didn't miss Sanders. Uh, if that was Aaron Rodgers or anybody else, yeah, I shouldn't say anybody else. You know that, yeah. So, but you know, still Garoppolo. You know, like I I felt like he played well as a Niner for all those years. I know he took a lot of heat. Um, so, but uh, last thing I want to say is I, I do agree with you about the Niners and Philly, but my wild card this year is those sneaky Lions. Would you give them any chance of, you know, maybe being right there? Yeah, I would give them a chance because I don't think the division is that good. I think it's okay. a, a division they could win. And then from that point forward, yeah. I mean, I, I think their team is good. I, I, they might be a tad bit overrated, but could I see them being that team? I could. And again, I look at the division, and I think that's a, a real opportunity for them. So, yes, I could. Okay, but but – who, uh, last thing, who 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 would who would you have as your wild card team, in in the NFC? Well, um, I would have the runner up in the NFC East for sure, right. either Dallas or the Giants. If assuming that Philadelphia wins, that's that's for okay. sure. And I think you're going to have the runner up in the NFC West because I think San Francisco and Seattle are both there. And then uh, you are you just mentioned the Lions. Minnesota last year, to me, was nowhere near as good as a 13-win team. But I could see winning 10 games. That would make them a wild card if the Lions in your you know, uh, forecast think they win the division. Those are, to me, your wild card teams. But, but there's always a team that we don't talk about that emerges. And I'm not really sure who that team is going to be. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people saying Atlanta, but we will see. But uh, definitely, uh, thanks, Grant. Thanks for the talk. Th- thank you, buddy. Have a good weekend. All right. Good show today, everyone. And I hope you all have a really good weekend. Thank you very much. Enjoy the questions today. Love talking football. And uh, we'll be back again on Monday. All right. Take care, everybody. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.